you know, we want there to be a lot of residue on the top soil. Uh, we want there to be the stuff hanging around. It's organic matter. It, it preserves and conserves moisture. And also, it's generally a good thing, except for when it prevents germination or your next crop to flourish. That's what we're talking about today. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Well, greetings and welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Axe Cutting the Curve. We're talking today about when residue from corn causes problems for soybeans. Mike Evans sent a couple of pictures a couple of weeks ago and said, hey, we've got a problem with our soybeans because the residue from last year's corn crop is causing problems. He's going to explain that to us. Mike is with Integrated Ag Solutions. That's uh, a company that he has with Kelly Garrett, one of the founders of Extreme Ag in area in Iowa. Mike, what the hell's going on? You sent some pictures. It looked like it was uh, a little bit of a problem, but you know what? We want residue. So tell me the balance. Tell me what's going on. Yeah, we uh, we started noticing as the beans came up here this spring that uh, there's some thin areas on some of the ridges and along the terraces and stuff. And, and we went out and looked at it and just a heavy residue mat was there and we were trying to see if the beans were growing or not. And they weren't because of the residue. So we, we kind of were scratching our heads on what happened and how how it came about that we were having germination issues uh, with this residue. Because we kind of knew residue planning for this year's crop was going to be a, a challenge. You know, we raised some of the best corn we've ever raised around here. So we're going to have a lot of residue to deal with. Uh, we put row cleaners, uh, air air control road cleaners on the bean planters because we've been using no-till coulters for years and we're okay with them, but weren't happy with what the performance was. So we put uh, the road cleaners on to help move the residue and we we're trying to figure out if it was a mechanical issue, what was, it, what was going on with it. So uh, <laughs> we were scratching our heads for a little while. So let's, let's talk about a bunch of different issues here. First off, Row cleaners for somebody that's a conventional till person, they don't use these. You are all no till. You got a lot of hills and slopes over there in your part of the world in Iowa. So you you don't do a lot of tillage, you do almost no tillage, right? Yep. Okay. Oh, I mean, except for cleaning up a few spots that maybe washed out, that's about it. So yeah, you do basically no till. Uh, on every acre, which is good because of soil conservation, because of the carbon program that Kelly's on, et cetera. So you do essentially no tillage. You do row cleaner. So to the person that says, what the hell is he talking about? Explain a row cleaner. Since you're going into so, a lot of residue, when you are, and you're planting your soybeans on 15 inches? Yes. All right. So talk to me about row cleaners on 15 inch rows. So row cleaners on 15 inch rows, um, it's a little more of a challenge than your typical 30 inch planter. Uh, because everything's so tight and compact with those, uh, we Kelly runs 1790 John Deere planters. So there's the front front rows and then he's got the back rows. So everything's kind of compacted in the, on the planter. So moving trash through that small area is, is uh, 
that can be a challenge. Um, so you need proper setup and proper uh, height control on those row cleaners to get the residue to flow through, flow through and, and uh, not affect your planting depth and planting performance. Okay, did it not work? Well, this being our first year, we had some challenges on the few first few fields of just getting things set and learning. I mean, it was just a learning curve for us. Uh, you know, as we got through the season, we got better at it, and uh, uh, we were extremely happy with the performance. Once we figured out how to get the planter set right and what depth to set those things at, you know, everything worked great. You know, the later planter beans look a lot better than the first planter beans just because okay. of that. So do you think, okay, you, you sent pictures and it looked like you had a little bit of a, of a population problem on your soybeans and you attributed it to too much uh, corn residue. Let's start at the beginning. Lots of corn residue because you rang the bell on last year's crop. Like you said, these were in fields that had 280 bushel corn, right? Yeah, some of those areas, I mean, it was 300 bushel. I mean, there's just a lot of residue there that, that we got to break down for one. And the winter we had here in Western Iowa was not conducive to speed up that uh, residue breakdown. You know, typically we get snows and stuff that'll help get, bring moisture into that that residue and, and ignite that uh, biological life to start that process a little faster. We did not have much moisture at all this winter as far as snowpack or anything like that to to accelerate that okay so you and a person that's listening to this that's like wait a minute why would high yield corn have more residue why does high yield corn have more residue uh you know we variable rate uh everything here so in those high yielding areas we have more plants typically um so you know we're at 34 35 000 those high yields so we got more plants for one and we're building a healthier more robust plant, especially when you're in that 283 bushel of corn. To, to, a person, big... to a person that never plants corn that's listening to Extreme Ag for the first time, you got 34,000 population, 34,000 plants per acre uh, that you planted uh, in a high yield area because it can support it because you got some of your best soils, et cetera. What would be in a lower yielding area? 28,000? Uh, we go deep, we go less than that. Uh, we'll be at 24, 25, and some of the really tough areas, we're down to 20, 22. Okay, so you got more plants per acre. Also, the plant got bigger and therefore made uh, a bigger ear. Stalks are bigger? Yep, leaves are bigger. Okay, so every things. part of it's bigger. So you got more residue out there. And then also the winter that you had, you described, uh, didn't break down the stuff because you didn't have as much snow. You didn't have as much moisture, etc. cetera. Uh, usually uh, freeze and thaw and temperature changes then conducive to rotting the stuff down. You didn't have as much of that is what I'm hearing? Yep, yep. I mean, we'd have much moisture. That was, that was enough, enough moisture that we needed. Got it. All right. So we we like residue, right? It, it holds the ground moisture in. It, uh, it, it 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 gives us organic matter. Um, is there a problem of too much residue? I don't think there's problem of too much. Just when it uh, piles up in one spot is problem. What we figured out was is a there's two things this spring that contributed to our issues and it, we're not the only ones here. I mean, and you can go across a lot of areas and see uh, a lot of our neighbors had the same issues uh, talking to them. We had a drier than normal winter um, that conduced to uh, less breakdown. So we have more residue probably going in the spring than we typically had in past with our no-till program. 
And we had the third coldest, at least this part of Iowa, we had the third coldest April on record. So we never had the heat in April to help start that engine to help the residue breakdown. And I don't for no, but it felt like the windiest April we ever had mm-hmm. when we were playing. So you get those things and the residue was blowing around there. You go north of here, there's ditch, there was ditches full of corn stalks and stuff because we had 50 mile an hour straight line winds for, for a couple of days there. And where all the residue blew and held up um, is where we had a lot of issues uh, with, with planter, uh, with germination and, and, and uh, stands. So, that, so too much residue prevents seed to soil contact. That's the big problem, right? Yeah. And in some of the cases, there was that. And there's some of the cases where we came and planted in. And we got a good, you know, check the depth and everything. And then that winds came in after we planted and blew it over a top and we got like a three inch mat on top of residue. So, um, so even even if the soybean, even if the soybean did germinate, then it got smothered. Yep. Yep. And I mean, some extreme cases we've seen that, you know, on some of the steeper slopes and stuff. And some people will think that, you know, we don't want residue blow down and we don't. Um, but mother nature kind of, played its card with those 50, 60 mile hour wind days. I mean, I don't know how we keep it on the ground at all, but it, it blew. Well, better that, better that residue blows than your soil because your soil is a lot more valuable than uh, your residue, I guess. Uh, from a erosion standpoint, you didn't lose the soil. We use a product from, uh, from uh, Agrison that uh, degrades and helps melt down that uh, residue. Did you put that on this acres? On some, yeah, we did. Um, we used them there. On uh, a spring application with our pre herbicide. Okay, is that the product called uh, extract? Yeah, we put extract down. Okay, so it, it did the job of uh, melting down the stuff, but not <clears throat> not all the way to what we wanted to. Well, it goes back to that April. You know, mm-hmm. we started spraying late March, early April, um, with our pre herbicides and extract in there, and then we got this cold spell in April and. You know, we didn't get that acceleration or that jump in residue breakdown because of that cold temperatures. I mean, it just it just never got the biological life going. Interesting. Fertility 101. Did you know that corn stalks retain up to 80% of potassium, 40% of the phosphorus, and 30% of the nitrogen that you applied to last year's corn crop? Hey, it's me, Extreme Ag's Damian Mason, host of Cutting the Curve, and I want to help you save money and boost your yields. You know how you can do that? Extract last year's fertility for this year's crop. You know that by applying extract, powered by Accomplish, to your surface crop residue, you'll do just that. You can get extract from your nearest Nutrient Ag Solutions retailer. For more information, contact your local Nutrient Ag Solutions crop consultant. All right, so you um, wouldn't have this issue if you were putting out um, 180,000 population of soybeans, but you uh, at Garrett Land and Cattle have been decreasing population steadily. What's the population average of soybean planting uh, across all the soybean acres this year? Uh, It'll be around 105,000. All right. The average. So that's, uh, remember you did experiments all the way down to 34,000 and and Mm -hmm. still had good yield. So 100,000, basically 104,000 
if you were at 180,000, would you have better germination or does it not matter based on this heavy of residue? Um, I, I don't think it matter based on what our observations. I think the residue uh, was the main thing that we struggled with. I don't know if we, we planted 30 or 180 or 200,000 would have made a difference. Okay, so, the now so now, Mike, you're at 104,000. Um, one thing that we discovered in all of uh, the experiments you're doing there at uh, Garrett's is when you went down to 34 to 60 some thousand uh, soybeans, the plants fill and, and occupy the space because you give them room, they'll just go ahead and fill out then and occupy that space. Are you going to be okay? You've got less germination than you want. You took pictures. I see some big bald areas by by August. Are those bald areas going to be filled in with plants that are going to have a hundred and some pods? I'm sure some areas will be fine. Some areas probably won't be just because the conditions there are not a great, but I think majority of places we have issues will fill in um, by the time we come harvest. Okay, so what's your prediction on uh, <clears throat> on soybean? Are we going to take a are we going to take a deduct on yield, or are we going to be same as last year, or worse, or better? Oh, uh, I could see us being about the same as last year on those fields. Okay, well, how many how many of your acres? How many percent of your acres are this problematic based on the residue issue? Twenty percent. Twenty percent. Yeah, that'd be All fair. Right. Okay, so 20% of your area, you're saying we got too much residue, it didn't break down, it blew around, and it prevented germination, and you think that those acres are going to be still okay? Yeah, I mean, 80% of the field looks like we would want it to look like. You know, we're just trying to manage this 20% the best we can and see what happens. What are you going to do next year? Uh, or what are you going to learn from this year to apply to next year? Anything? Can you do anything differently? Is it weather dependent or is there a practice you can do to uh, change this outcome? Um, <clears throat> we are looking at some other products to apply in the fall as far as residue breakdown. Such as? Um, uh, there's a product from, called Excavator that we sprayed um, that we saw some really good rapid um, breakdown in the residue. So if you put excavator on, and who makes excavator? Uh, Maristem. Okay. If you put excavator on in the fall rather than waiting until spring, then you get six more months or five more months of, uh, of activity? Yep. Okay. And so <clears throat> did you use any of that on any acres last year? No, we just used it on the spring. But what we saw from the breakdown in 10 to 11 days was pretty dramatic. So mm -hmm. we're going to... Um, put it on in the fall and hopefully start that breakdown sooner. Um, you know, get a couple weeks in the fall and then we have it on already coming in the spring and anytime it warms up, you know, get a four or five day window of 60 degree weather. Maybe we get some breakdown as well. going into okay. that. <clears throat> So you see yourself putting on a different product to experiment with a different product. Um, would you take the Agerson product that you use this year and, and instead of using extract in the spring, go ahead and put it in right after the corn comes out? Yeah, I'd still use extract in the in the pre-plant uh, herbicide uh, because of <clears> the what about what about that. did it maybe you should have used it sooner? Should you use it in the fall? Um, I like it in the spring for what it does. Um, you know, I know that some guys use it in the fall and have had success with that product as well. Um, I just like it in the spring, 
especially guys putting on 32% or doing any kind of like that. I think it's a, it's a must with that kind of program. We don't do it here at Garrett Atlanta cattle, but, uh, um, any guys putting that down with a pre-plant uh, herbicide and, and nitrogen, I'd, I'd be putting it in no doubt. Okay. But you didn't get the breakdown. So what are you going to change? You said you're starting to sound like a, you're starting to sound like an old farmer. Well, yeah, this <laughs> happened. We're going to blame the weather. We're not going to change anything. What are you going to change? Oh, we're, well, we got the planter set where we want them now. So we've learned that and that's done. Um, that's a matter of depth or a matter of uh, just the, the plant, the, uh, the row cleaner. That's my out of the row cleaner. Okay. Just, okay. Again, what did you, know, you change? The the what did you change on the row cleaners? Oh, uh, we changed the planter bar a little bit to get it leveled up a little bit better than we had in the past. Um, and just got the row cleaners where they need to be as far as height and stuff like that. So they run one where we want them. Deeper? Um, there's some, no, uh, just running, just so we're scraping the top, moving the residue. We don't, we don't want to do any tillage with them. You okay. know, uh, we're just trying to move the, the residue managers. So they're not, they're not tillage. They're not strip till bar by right. any means. So that's, that's where it is. And you don't know that until you get planting with them. Okay, you know, we so, so what I'm hearing is you you want your row cleaners, those are just wheels, right? Are they just wheels? Mm -hmm. All right, you want yep. them to, to do the right thing, but you do not want them to be going too deep because that disturbs too much soil? Yeah, um, you get all kinds of issues uh, there. You start doing too much tillage with them, and then they, they actually can bring up moisture as you're planting and kind of create an issue. I've seen that happen a couple of times, and uh, you create furrows and stuff especially no-till you can create a wave through the field we don't want that because uh, okay. we can't level it back up with a disc or anything okay so when you let when you use the, the the right way uh your row cleaners uh that's again there's no till so you go through the planter uh you're on 15 inch rows you got to set your row cleaners up and the main thing is just making sure that they're moving enough residue out of the way so does it look like is it look like uh, a leaf blower out there i mean when you go through are they flinging this stuff out of the way what's it look like uh, not quite like a leaf blower, but you'll see some movement. It'll it'll fluff it up a little bit. Um, so it it uh, it just looks like a, like you put a drill through the field. I guess with our 15 inch planters would be the best way to explain it. You know, we got a little bit of movement. You you'll see a little kind of wave through the field, but you know it'll settle down after a couple hours. Your planting depth on the soybeans uh, to make sure you got down through the residue was what. Uh, we're running about two, two and a quarter inches on these beans. Got it. All right. So you gave us a lesson. Make sure your row cleaners are on. So the person that's listening to this that says, okay, I've got heavy residue because I had big yield corn last year. The main thing I need to know is you say continue to use stuff that breaks down the stuff. So put a chemical treatment on uh, that breaks down the stuff. Yes? Those are, actually yeah. those are actually biologicals. I said chemical. They're actually biologicals, right? Yeah. I mean – with the corn hybrids we got today and the fertility that we're putting on, many um, guys in these high yield environments are gonna have a we're gonna have a really strong, robust plant. So it's gonna take more to break them down versus what we've done in the past. So there, we've got to accelerate that process. You know, we actually put the um, yetter devastators on the cornhead too to help that. Another mechanical option. Um, so we run that across. And that helps break down the stock. Explain what that is. So it's a. It's a roller bar that goes on the corn heads um, and it's, it rolls basically it's spring, spring loaded for tension. So it keeps it pressed to the ground as you're going across the field with the combine. And it basically has got these sharp edges 
they're not really like knives, but they're just it's blades. Kind of, it's kind of like a roller. It's like a roller roller basket, but the edges are sharp. And the idea is it rolls over the top of the stalk after the, obviously the ears already been taken off. And the idea is it keeps putting in, incisions in the stalk. So that way it creates surface area for the yep. stalk to degrade, right? Yeah. And I think the other key factor for us is it breaks, breaks the stalk off of the crown of the root. So you open that up to more penetration to the biologicals and weather and get that that process started faster. Even guys in conventional till would see a huge benefit from this system because, you know, I've worked with guys conventional till before and they'll bury that with like a, a ripper or whatever, uh, their, mech, their tool they're using. And you can dig up those root balls, you know, middle, mid season still, and there's still a stock attached to it. This would break that open, uh, get more penetration and get that process started a lot faster. Got it. So the answer is use this system on your corn head, especially if you're high yield corn, but even if you're not to, and that's called a what? Uh, stock devastator from Yetter. All right. So it, it just starts the process of, of degrading the stock. And then in the fall, you would consider, you're going to see what this works like using this excavator product from Mariston, where you go out and spray it on the fall to begin breaking down stuff. And then you're still going to stick with Agerson's extract product in the spring, first pass with a sprayer? Yep. Okay. When you go across in the fall and spray something on to, to melt that down, is there anything else in the mix? Uh, here we we use plant food for a fertility program that Kelly has. So we'll, we'll be adding it in there. Um that process, you know, there's guys that they're doing fall burndowns with chemicals in certain certain geographies. Definitely be adding it there. Okay, and then uh, then your uh, your big answer then is uh, at planting time, having your row clear set up properly, and set up properly means just moving the residue out of the way, but not going too deep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we were a little appreh apprehensive about putting row cleaners. Um, on a on a 15 inch planter because we kind of messed with it prior years and had not very good success with it but company we worked with on these um and more better knowledge i guess and some patience that we learned how to get it to work properly and it worked really well um got a lot of guys using no-till cultures and in those 15 inch beans and i think they're more of it can be more of a detriment than a benefit Okay, so you're saying no-till, using using no-till colders, it, what, goes too deep? Yeah, if they're not set right, they can go too deep. Um, a lot of the times from what I've seen, and we've ran a couple different blades here um, over the years, and it just chunks the dirt up too much in our no-till world, and it really creates a poor seabed behind it uh, for the planter to go through. See a lot, we'll see some uneven emergence and stuff like that, and poor, poor, uh, root quality and stems from the beans. Got it. All right. So um, is there anything we didn't cover about this lessons learned when you have too much residue, um, the things you're going to change to make sure you still have a good soybean emergence and, uh, and, and germination, et cetera. I we covered it quite a bit. I just, I recommend guys looking at that and trying something, uh, change something on your operation to handle it. Um, whether it be mechanical or for a, a biological application. But you don't think that it's going to end up costing you a lot of yield on the 20% of the acres that are impacted? Well, uh, there could be a penalty. Uh, 
there always always a chance of that. Um, I'm sure we'll see something somewhere, but overall, I'm hoping we have a have a keep it maintained. You don't have as many convictions of opinion as your boss Kelly Garrett does. He's very he's very convicted on his opinions, and you're not as much. You're more of a you're more of a, a dodge the question. You're more political than he is. Well, I gotta let the data talk, so I can't really say a whole lot until the data shows up in my All hands. All right. All right, we're recording this July 7th, so uh, check back about what, October 1st, when we get these beans harvested and we'll know what the answer is? Oh, we might know by September 1st. So once we get the pod set and can go look at them, we'll know a lot more. All right, stay tuned. We're going to decide how this ends up. But you just heard answers on residue management. When you've got heavy, heavy residue, uh, making sure you still can get your soybean yield out there. He just told you the, the methods. He talked about... <laughs> the right colders talked about the row cleaners talked about uh, biological products to melt down the residue. And then uh, also talked about trying to control the April weather, which you can't do. So we gave you the other answers we can. Of course, population management as well. He's Mike Evans with Integrated Ag Solutions. I'm Damian Mason with Extreme Ag. We appreciate being here. Share this with all your friends and stay tuned. We'll get you answers on how these fields, this 20% of Garrett Landing Cal's soybean acres end up on the yield. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Dean. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve, but there's plenty more. Check out ExtremeAg.farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems, the leader in agriculture water management solutions.